Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Welcome back to another episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. You are joined by Taz Ali and Catherine Teague, both from the statutory insurance team. In today's podcast, we will be discussing our first episode of our new series, Are You Being Afforded Procedural Fairness? Now, we all know procedural fairness is extremely crucial for all parties involved to exercise so that we can maintain satisfactory administrative decision-making. However, we know that the current legal bank is far too vast for us to be able to adopt every single criterion to maintain procedural fairness. That is why, in today's podcast, we will be discussing the recent case of Kinchella and NRMA Insurance, whereby the medical assessors and review panels may have erred in maintaining procedural fairness. So, Taz, what happened in this case? Thanks, Catherine. So, by way of background, on 20th December 2018, the plaintiff was involved in a motor vehicle accident. The plaintiff's vehicle was stationary when the defendant's vehicle rear-ended the plaintiff's vehicle. As a result, he sustained injuries to his cervical spine, lumbar spine, and to his right second toe, which later caused him to amputate his right second toe. The plaintiff later made a CTP claim with the insurer on the basis that this was a non-minor injury in accordance with the Maya Act. And what did the insurer do at this point? The insurer disputed the plaintiff's claim and asserted that the plaintiff sustained a non-minor injury to his neck and back on the basis that there was no evidence of nerve injury, no evidence of complete or partial rupture of tendons and the like. Additionally, the insurer also disputed that the amputation of the right second toe was not related to the subject accident. During the proceedings, the defendant made the claim that the MRI scan findings of a disc bulge in the cervical spine and spinal tenderness was not considered as objective findings. This position was also upheld by the medical assessors and the review panel. So what was the issue with parties maintaining procedural fairness? Well, that's a good question, Catherine. So the above claim was based on several publication evidence that the review panel had relied on in making the decision. The review panel constantly depended on epidemiological evidence, which essentially suggested that all radiological evidence that had been put forth did not illustrate the injuries resulted from that subject accident. The review panel claims that the findings are very common, typically degenerative and constitutional to the asymptomatic population, as evidenced by research cited. Essentially, the review panel had associated the plaintiff's injuries to his age and general population based on epidemiological evidence. That is so interesting. So what is the issue with relying on publications? So there's no issues with relying on publication, Catherine. However, what happened in this case was that the plaintiff stated that none of the evidence had been brought to their attention prior. The material was not within the common knowledge of the plaintiff and was not straightforward. The plaintiff, therefore, did not have adequate time or further evidence to put forth any submissions in response to those evidence. So what was the outcome held by the court in this matter? 
court, the court held that as a result, the plaintiff had suffered practical injustice because he had not been given fair opportunity. The court found that had the plaintiff been made aware of the evidence presented by the review panel, then the plaintiff would have gathered further evidence and opinions which would have allowed for sufficient time to provide submissions in relation to the materials. So ultimately, the court relied on previous cases such as the Minister for Immigration and Citizenship and SZGUR in 2011 and the Commissioner for the ACT Revenue and Alfoni in 1994 to determine that the review panel had indeed denied the plaintiff's procedural fairness and therefore set aside a decision for jurisdictional error. That is so interesting, Taz. So basically, we know that medical assessors essentially rely on their own specialist knowledge and expertise when making a decision. However, they can refer to other materials such as, as exemplified in this matter, publication and contemporaneous records, right? Correct. However, before they do put forth those evidence, they have to ensure that they are disclosing all materials relied upon to inform the decision, unless it is considered straight or within common knowledge. The evidence that the review panel had put forth were obviously not straightforward, and that is why they were subject to jurisdiction error. So the major takeaway from this case is if publications or literature is being cited within a medical certificate, and if that documentation was not disclosed, then this could amount to jurisdictional error and could be subject to a review. That sounds fantastic, Taz, and what great advice. I'm sure our listeners will be keeping that in mind next time they're dealing with anything complicated. Thank you for listening to our mini-series of Are You Being Afforded Procedural Fairness? Tune in next time where we dive deeper into anything else that could disrupt procedural fairness so you won't be subject to it. We will see you next time for another episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at mccabecurwood.com.au or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.